The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Boy, people talking about violence, civil war, both sides. Can we tone down the rhetoric? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. Michael Brown, delighted to be with you this day. Really, we need moral sanity and spiritual clarity. The society is, is reaching a boiling point here in America. We've got the midterm elections tomorrow, some of the most consequential midterm elections we've had in memory. And there's a lot of rhetoric on both sides that I consider to be really dangerous and destructive and only adding to the problems. Welcome, welcome to the show. If you'd like to weigh in, I'm not taking general calls today, but specifically calls relating to the elections and the atmosphere in America. I'll, I'll give you some things I want to talk about in a moment. 866-34-TRUTH is the number to call. 866-348-7884. Broadcasting this week, Monday through Wednesday from our studio here at CFNI in Dallas. Thursday, Friday from our studio in Mercy Culture. And then, God willing, broadcasting from Pennsylvania all next week. So we'll be live every single day, not missing a day, eager to take your calls and interact. 866-34-TRUTH. Okay. I believe that the stakes are high in the elections. I believe that the way we vote could really impact what America looks like in the years ahead. I also know that voting has its place and voting cannot do what the gospel does. Politics and the government and the state cannot do what the church is called to do. And voting is like putting a wedge in the door to stop evil from encroaching, to stop chaos and anarchy from encroaching. You put a wedge in the door that stops certain wrong things from happening and, and hopefully holds back the tide of evil so that good can be done by the people of God. We don't look to the state to do what the church is called to do, all right? And the church cannot be called to do what the state does. They each have their distinctive role. So voting is important. But friends, please hear me. As high as the stakes are, things are getting much worse because of the dangerous rhetoric on both sides. Extreme talk on both sides. Both sides saying, depending on how you vote, this could be the end of democracy in America. Both sides saying it. You say, well, my side's right, my side's right. Okay, can I just appeal to us as God's people? You may be listening. You're, you don't believe as I believe. Welcome. I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're listening to the show. But for those of us who consider ourselves God's children, followers of Jesus, passionate about life and death issues, passionate about things that we believe are important to God's heart, whether it be caring for the poor, whether it be pro-life, whether it be fighting international terror, things you believe are dear and near to God's heart, whether it be preserving our religious freedoms and freedom of conscience and speech here in America, very fundamental, important things. I'm passionate. You're passionate. But let us not get caught up in the flesh. Let us not get caught up in a dangerous worldly spirit. It will only provoke things and make them worse. So I'm going to start on the Democrat side 
Then I'm going to come over to the Republican side. So I'm going to be an equal opportunity offender today in that regard. This is President Biden speaking on Labor Day. Listen to what he has to say. One of the things that was clear to me is that this new group headed by the former president, the former defeated president, uh, we found ourselves in a situation where we were either going to look forward or look backwards. And it's clear which way he wants to look. It's clear which way the new MAGA Republicans are. They're extreme. And democracy is really at stake. You can't be a democracy when you support violence, when you don't like the outcome of the election. You can't call yourself a democracy when you don't, in fact, count the votes that people legitimately cast and count that as who you are. Now, what I find ironic is that those who challenged the last election say, well, that's the very thing that happened. We just wanted votes counted accurately. As to violence, think of this. D.C., parts of D.C. boarded up. People were waiting for all kinds of violence after the elections, but only if Trump won. When it was declared that he lost, there wasn't violence in the streets. And according to a Time magazine article saying, hey, this was all planned and there was an agreement basically that if, if, if Trump wins, then there's violence. And if he loses, Biden wins, then there's not violence. So this, this sword really cuts two ways. Um, listen, listen to what Bill Maher said. Now, Bill Maher, as much as he's liberal, leftist, atheist, anti-religious, he's made a lot of insightful comments and recognized how far left the Democrats have gone and how woke they've become and the wrongness of cancel culture, and he's taken issue with trans activism. This is what Bill Maher has to say. Tuesday is election day, and I know I should probably tell you to vote in what, honest to God, is really the most important election ever. So, okay, yes, you should vote. And it should be for the one party that still stands for democracy preservation. <clears throat> it's also a waste of breath because anyone who believes that is already voting and anyone who needs to learn that isn't watching and no one in America can be persuaded of anything anymore anyway. <laughs> ben Franklin said our country was a republic if you can keep it. Well, we can't. And unless a miracle happens on Tuesday, we didn't. Democracy is on the ballot, and unfortunately, it's going to lose. And once it's gone, it's gone. Mm. So here's Bill Maher saying that Republicans win the Senate, Republicans win the House. Democracy is gone. He's got a big audience. As much as I differ strongly with his ideology and many of the statements I've seen him make, in other ways, he seems more level-headed in some of his observations. But here he's saying... If the Republicans win, democracy is over. I mean, these are very, very, very extreme statements. And, and people believe them. What's going to happen? If the Republicans win, what's going to happen? Are, are they going to declare martial law? Or are they going to take over the whole country and force everyone to be in church on Sunday? And if you don't, you go to jail? I mean, what, what are they expecting? Oh, okay. You want to hear something extreme? This is a presidential historian, Michael Beschloss. So this is someone who writes and studies history for a living. He's on MSNBC, and these quotes are not doctored or taken out of contest. Listen to his warnings. We'll play a couple of clips. Here's the first one. 
Well, he was absolutely candid and he was absolutely right because, as you know, Chris, six nights from now, we could all be discussing violence all over this country. There are signs that that may happen, may God forbid, that uh, losers will be declared winners by fraudulent uh, election officers or secretary of state candidates or governors or state legislatures. We could be six days away from losing our rule of law and losing a situation where we have elections that we all can rely on. You know, those are the foundation stones of a democracy. All right. Uh, Again, those that are on the Republican side or that questioned the last election say this is our whole gripe, that things were not done fairly, that there was fraud, that there there was manipulation in the courts in order to get certain votes in, that now the courts are saying, no, that won't be valid the next time around. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an election denier. I'm simply raising the, the point that this is the very thing that those on the right are saying the left did with the last election. But he's saying, hey, the democracy, freedom, voting is only going to disappear if the Republicans win. Oh, okay, but, but it gets more extreme. Remember, this is on MSNBC. So it, it's not as big an audience as Fox, but it's bigger than CNN. It's got a lot of people watching. And, and this is someone that would be considered to be a respected academic. Listen to what he says next carefully. Never before since Jamestown and Plymouth Rock has America been in such danger. Mm. Joe Biden is saying the same thing tonight. And a historian 50 years from now if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. Whoa. Whoa. So we may not have we may not have free publishing houses if the Republicans win. Your children might be arrested and killed. What kind of insanity is this? What kind of absolute horrific irresponsibility is this? And what happens to unstable people watching this? Maybe they think I've got to take the law in my own hands. I've got to do something to stop this from happening. I I know my next-door neighbor votes Republican. I better stop them. Or we've got a government official in our city. I better take them out before they come and kill my children. I mean, this is utterly outrageous, irresponsible, unhinged, and unconnected to reality. But this is what people are hearing, and this is what people are believing. Here, let's let's take a look at, at some of these tweets, all right? Again, I'm, I'm just starting on the left. I'm going to move over to the right in a little while. Uh, comedian Rob Reiner, he's got oh, a couple million Facebook followers, whatever. There's a lot. This is what he tweets. President Biden couldn't have been clearer. These midterms will determine whether we want to preserve our 246-year democratic experiment in self-rule or surrender to the tyranny of fascism. That's Rob Reiner. Here's another tweet. Not hyperbole. A vote for a Republican is a vote to end democracy. So says Rob Reiner. 
All right, uh, that tweet, let's see if I can get it, just is not coming up here. There we go. In the next five days, he says, this is a few days ago, we will determine if a woman will still have a right to choose, right? So in other words, Republicans are going to ban abortion for all women across the country. If our vote will still count and if we will still be a constitutional democracy. And then this, Dan Rather, right, the famous... News anchorman and correspondent journalist, vote like your democracy depends on it. And then Juan Williams, you've seen on, on Fox News, uh, democracy hangs in the balance in the midterms. This is an opinion piece. Democracy hangs in the balance in the midterms. This is what we're dealing with, friends. This is the extreme rhetoric. It is dangerous. It is inaccurate. It is irresponsible, but it's happening on both sides. We'll be right back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the Line of Fire. I've got a question for those who are older. You don't have to be as old as me, 67, but older. How do you remember past elections? Were they as heated? Was there as much disagreement in the families over this? Were we fighting as much in churches over this? Were things as volatile? Were we saying that this vote is going to determine whether we have democracy anymore. Do you remember it being that intense? I'm just asking. 866-348-7884. For the first time in my life, I cast an absentee ballot. Uh, not that it looks like it's going to affect things in a massive way in some of the key uh, votes in North Carolina where I live. In other words, it's not like it's, it's hanging in a razor-close race and, and the, the vote's that important, every single vote, but in order to be true to what I've said to others, that, that the vote is important and, and that it's, it's a sacred responsibility that we have because I'd be out of town this week. I wanted to make sure I did it, so I cast my vote by absentee. I, I recognize the importance of the elections, but this unhinged, irresponsible, exaggerated, fear-mongering commentary is terribly unhelpful. Uh, there's enough going on in America today already. There's enough strife. There's enough anger. There's enough fear. There, there's there's a, enough violence that we need to be the adults in the room. And we need to say, yes, the stakes are. For example, Joe Biden, President Biden has said that if he had a majority in the Senate, that he would want to codify Roe v. Wade, make that the law of the land. So what the Supreme Court did in all of the pro-life legislation around America that has been put in place and is now the law and is coming to more and more states in a good and healthy way, and, and it's estimated that thousands of babies' lives have already been saved, that all of that would be completely undone. That, to me, is very, very major, and I believe it's major in God's sight. And look, look, others say, well, if this one wins, if this one wins, there are going to be consequences. Yes, there will be consequences, but it is not the end of democracy either way. 
Now, do you remember, I, I just spent the first segment talking about what's happening on the Democratic side. Do you remember on the Republican side? Do you remember hearing that, that because the election was allegedly stolen, that if we did not stop the steal, we would never have another free election in, in America? Do you remember hearing that? And some of you believe it to this moment, right? I'm not talking about whether the election was stolen or not. I'm talking about it was that, that because of that, we'll never have another free election. Or, or think of this. Think of this. Do you remember hearing because of democratic policies that the borders have been open as illegal immigrants pour into our nation and they'll be recruited to vote Democrat? And then just logistics and numbers will shift, so we'll never have another free election again because of that? These were things that we were hearing also, and this is what inflamed many people. Uh, I don't have the, the video for this, but this was President Trump just a couple of days ago in Pennsylvania said this, every free and loving American needs to understand that the time to stand up to this growing left-wing tyranny is right now. And he called on his supporters to reject the radical left-wing maniacs. That was part of his rhetoric. Now, I, I believe there is a radical left agenda that is very, very dangerous. I also believe there's a radical right agenda that's dangerous. But right now, the Democrat Party being driven further and further to the left by radical elements. So you have Democratic leaders saying this, is, this does not represent our party as a whole or the concerns of the American people as a whole. I wrote an article a couple of days ago. In the end, most Americans are going to vote pragmatically. Most Americans are going to vote based on the fact that when I'm standing here to pay my gas, I can't believe how much it costs to fill my car. And we, we feel like I've got to go into debt to pay our groceries. And we've got to pull out some of our savings just to make ends meet. Or, you know, my neighborhood's much more violent. And how is it the, the guy that raped and killed the neighbor's daughter was, was out on bail? He had assaulted someone a week earlier. How is that? You know, that's what people are thinking about. And what kind of craziness are my kids being taught in school? And on and on like that. This is, when I talk about craziness, I mean a, a radical left sex agenda and trans activism and those kinds of things. So uh, people are concerned more about day-to-day -day things. And I understand there is rather left-wing ideology, but can I bring you back to the Jericho March of December 2020 after the elections where you have pastors and leaders gathered in D.C.? And, and they're talking about the rise of the militias. And President Trump, we've got your back, and it may be time for the militias to rise if America's been stolen from us and we don't have a free country again, then let the militias arise. Was that not the height of irresponsibility? Uh, listen to former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. He is uh, speaking January 6th at the rally, the, the large rally in D.C., where people were to gather together and many praying for a righteous outcome of the elections and for, for Congress to do the right thing and not certify the elections. That's what they thought was the right thing to do. And then it turns into the storming of the Capitol. Listen to what former Mayor Rudy Giuliani had to say. Now, if they ran such a clean election, why wouldn't they make all the machines available immediately? If they ran such a clean election, They'd have you come in and look at the paper ballots. Who hides evidence? Criminals hide evidence, not honest people. So over the next 10 days, 
We get to see the machines that are crooked, the ballots that are fraudulent, and if we're wrong, we will be made fools of. But if we're right, a lot of them will go to jail. So, let's have trial by combat. I'm willing to stake, I'm willing to stake my reputation the president is willing to stake his reputation on the fact that we're going to find criminality there. Is Joe Biden willing to stake his reputation? All right. You heard the key thing where he called by trial by combat. Now, when he was asked about it, he said, oh, he was referring to this famous documentary about England. He was actually referring to Game of Thrones, the violent, sexually graphic a series on on HBO. You say, oh, you've watched it. I've read about it. So in any case, he said he was referring to that and it didn't actually mean combat. It meant something else. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Whatever he meant, God knows. Whatever he was intending to say, God knows. And let's just give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't intentionally calling for violent uprising. Do you think the tens of thousands of people hearing about criminality, the election stolen for you by criminals, Let's have trial by combat. Do you think they parsed that? Do you think they carefully weighed that and said, oh, I think he's alluding to something in Game of Thrones and he doesn't actually meet? Do you think that's what happened? Let me take you back to that day and then I'm going to go through a couple of the quotes for you. This is what President Trump said. I'm just going to read. This is in the beginning of my book, The Political Seduction of the Church, the first chapter. If you don't have the book, if, if, if you like ebooks, download it now. Get it, download it now and then read it today, tomorrow, and after the elections. It's critically important. It came out for such a time as this. It encourages us to be politically involved. It says if we don't vote, if we're not politically involved, we only have ourselves to blame when things go in the wrong direction. We can't blame someone else if we did nothing to stop the tide of doing wrong or to point things in the direction of doing right. That being said, we must not get caught up in the spirit of the world and the spirit of the age. So here's some of what President Trump said that they remember. There are millions of Americans who think the election has been stolen. They feel we will never have free elections again. First segment, we talked about this dangerous rhetoric from the left now, from the right. President Trump said, all of us are here today. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. And to use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, we will stop the steal. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And then he said, we're going to, we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol and we're going to try and give. The, the Democrats are hopeless. They never vote for anything, not even one vote. But we're going to try and give our Republicans the weak ones because the strong ones don't need any of our help. We're going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank all of you. God bless you and God bless America. Now he said, we'll walk down peacefully. But he's just said, we're going to fight like hell. And we're not going to let them take our country. Of course, you're going to have some crazy people do crazy things. Of course, you're going to have some people who are on the edge already, be it on either side. 
do crazy things. This is inevitable. That's why I, I said that President Trump, although he did not, in my view, in my understanding, and, and everyone I know that's close to him would, would agree, that he did not want to see the storming of the Capitol the way it happened and that it was even a surprise to him that I held him morally responsible for weeks leading up to that, the rhetoric. <laughs> We've got to do better. Now it's President Biden with his rhetoric and, and, and candidate, potentially candidate Trump with his rhetoric and all these others as it just trickles down and gets more intense and each side is mistrusting the other side even more. This could lead to explosion. You've got seven or eight in, in every 10 Americans concerned that there's going to be violence as a result of the elections. Well, this junk provokes it. This rhetoric provokes it. Can we not do better? Can we not step higher? What do you think? 866-34-TRUTH. Am I being fair? We'll be right back. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the Line of Fire. Do you believe that I'm understating things? In other words, that we really are on the edge of democracy and that if one party or the other wins, it's the end of democracy? the end of freedom as we know it in America. Your view may be if the Republicans win, that's what's going to happen. Your view may be if the Democrats win, that's what's going to happen. If you feel that way and you think I'm understating things or, or you say, okay, maybe, maybe Dr. Rand, you recognize some of the issues, but you're, 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 trying to, you're, you're trying to quench these flames and these flames are important because people need to be warned. We need to be shouting from the rooftops. If you don't vote, then democracy is at stake. Then give me a call. Make your case, not to debate me. I'm not trying to shoot you down, but I want to know why you feel that rhetoric like this is justified. 866-348-7884. Okay, let let me make the case from the Republican side that a Democrat victory means no freedom, no democracy, only tyranny. The argument would be Number one, that there would be an attack on our essential freedoms, freedom of speech, conscience, and religion, that we've been censored, we've been kicked off social media platforms, our voices have been suppressed uh, in, in the news and in other, other ways, and that that would go further so that we would no longer have our rights. Not only so, if we disagreed with some of the radical agendas in the school and things like that and radical agendas that the left has for our kids, that our kids could be taken from us. You say, well, hang on. You just said that when presidential historian Michael Bushloss said that if the Republicans win, your kids could be taken from you and killed, that was extreme and irresponsible. Now you're saying the same thing. Well, hang on. I'm, I'm making the case that someone may make from the Republican side, okay? And it is because there are lawmakers who have said that if your kid wants trans, transgender surgery, you're, you're a minor kid under your authority, 
wants transgender surgery, wants uh, hormonal treatments and things like that, and you refuse, that that kid could be taken from you. It, it's actually happened. There was, there was a, transge- a kid who identified as trans being raised by a grandparent, and the kid was taken from the grandparent. What was it, Minnesota? You could, within the last two years. So things like this have happened. It will only increase. You've been told by, by some candidates on the left that it's not, not up to the parents to decide what's taught in the schools and what your kids hear. It's one of the things that calls a Democrat candidate uh, for governor in Virginia to lose. It was a statement like that that just blew up. You know, so parents stay out. Let the educators do what they know how to do in the social engineering of your children. Then again, open borders, flood of immigrants, and, and immigrants come in, Hispanic in, immigrants recruited by the Democrat Party. Hey, we open the borders for you and you're in our country and you need to vote for us, etc. So that's going to then shift the demographics so that the votes are always going to go one way. And then if you believe Democrats are guilty of election fraud and, and, and whatever the ways are, and then social media manipulating things, right? So you go to, you go to do a search on Google and to your, you're led to certain information and other information you're, you're, is suppressed. That is massively going to influence and shift things. So there could be that argument that if Democrats win, that democracy as we know it is over. So let's try the, the Democrat side, the argument that if the Republicans win, democracy is over. The argument is, look, these Republicans, right wing, they're Christian nationalists, they're white supremacists, they supported the insurrection. What they want to do is take over and impose their values. They've made it clear where they stand on Roe v. Wade. They want that overturned for the whole nation. And not only so, they want abortion outlawed in every single state. What if you go against it? Well, then there are going to be consequences. And they, they have theocratic uh, ambitions. They have dominionist ambitions. So they want to take over and impose their religious values on the whole nation and your freedoms would disappear overnight. And this will no longer be a democracy. It'll, it'll be a, a, a Christian kingdom run by, by right-wing ideologue extremists. That would be the argument the other way. Now, I'm not presenting these perfectly because I don't believe fully in either of these, okay? So I'm not, I'm not presenting them as, as perfectly as someone could who's absolutely sold on them, right? However, there is some truth to some concerns. The consequences of the elections are massive, but I want to say it again. In 2020, we were told the election was stolen. And we will never have another free election after that. The elections that we did have, we had some uh, runoffs and things like that. There was polling data, which way they were going to go. And then after the polling data, the elections were held, and they pretty much went according to the polling data. It didn't seem that there was any kind of massive fraud then. And, and now... We're going to have these next elections. So we see polling close here, close here. Could be a red wave. Could be some pushback. We'll see if suddenly all the candidates that, that had, say, substantial leads, uh, Republican candidates, disappear and, and the Democrats win. And, and all the others that were close goes one way. And it seems skewed. because How in the world? Okay, then people are, there's going to be upper. I don't expect that to happen. I candidly do not expect that to happen. 
And whatever happens, I believe, come 2024, barring you know, some cataclysmic apocalypse in America where the whole nation explodes in, in chaos and divides, but barring that, we're going to have these elections, and we're going to have 2024 elections, and we're going to have 2026 elections and 2028 elections, and, and go as long as America continues as a nation, and, until the Lord comes, we, we may dissolve and fall apart. Who knows? But, but the point is, yes, a lot is at stake. And yes, there has been a concerted attack on our freedom of religion, speech, and conscience. And yes, it has come from the left. So that's why I don't vote that way. I vote the other way. But <laughs> the rhetoric is over-the-top, extreme, unnecessary, unhealthy, and unhinged. How about we deal with specific situations? How about we deal with actual facts on the ground? How about we get past the generalities and we look specifically? Okay, where has there been censorship on social media? I, I, f I find it quite ironic that the moment Elon Musk takes over Twitter, there's this outcry from those on the left who've had their way on Twitter. Remember, Twitter bans the President of the United States and then continues to march on, right? So now and all these other people could speak up. Why, why was it right for the left to have freedom of, of speech on social media and not the right? <clears throat> I'm not saying Elon Musk is doing anything perfectly. I'm just saying it's very, very interesting to watch this. So yes, there has been an attack on freedoms. And yes, there has been a radical uh, agenda in, in our children's school sex ed for years and years and years. I mean, I've, I've documented in my writings, and it's, it's utterly shocking how far back it goes and how deep it is. Uh, read Jezebel's War with America. Read The Silencing of the Lambs. It's all documented, everything carefully documented and linked. And then when I write the book, my publisher for, for my books then brings in a fact checker on top of it to look up every single reference and to research every single reference and to make sure I'm doing my best along the way as a researcher and scholar, even though I'm writing a popular book, I'm doing my best to undergird everything specifically with data and information. But they then have a fact checker check everything, and they'll be, okay, Dr. Brown, this one says it this way, this one slightly differently, and we look in, okay, let's get it exactly right. So I'm, I'm talking about facts and information, not just blustery rhetoric. But there, there is no need for violence because we can, is anybody stopping you from voting? Is anybody standing at your voting precinct with, with guns or with baseball bats or with knives not letting you get in? Is anyone standing there watching your vote and now they're going to intimidate you and attack you? Is, is that happening? If so, it needs to be reported this, this moment. But no, as far as I know, you can do early voting. You can go in tomorrow, as the vast majority of voters will, and you can cast your vote and you can do it freely. And we will see. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of monitoring of the elections, but we will see how it lines up with the polling data and if there's anything suspicious on either side and, and what goes down and how it goes down. Why are we talking about violence when we can vote? And if we don't like the direction a party's going or a candidate's going, we can vote for someone else. We can vote them out and vote someone else in. Here's the other thing. When Christians are talking about violence, when Christians are saying it might be time to take up arms against the government, I'm saying many Christians don't even vote. Why in the world are you talking about taking up arms? It would be one thing if the government's going to say everyone that's over 80 years old is now going to be euthanized because you're of no use to society. 
and they come marching to your door to, to take your grandma to kill her. We're not talking about that scenario. We're not there. That's not happening. All right? That is not happening. If the government comes to disarm Americans and take away their legally owned firearms, I understand there will be a pushback and an uprising. We're not at that point. How many Christians actually pray daily at all, at all, and spend quality time with God at all, which is our greatest way to be world changers, our greatest way to affect the society around us, our greatest way to make an impact is through prayer and then through evangelism and discipleship and living out the gospel ourselves and doing good works and standing up for what's right. Many Christians don't even pray on a daily basis, let alone pray for the government. We're going to take up arms. How about we pray first? How about we live godly lives first? How about we give ourselves without reserve to following Jesus first? How about we repent of sin in our own lives first? How about we love our neighbor first and, and we vote? <laughs> you know how America could be dramatically changed overnight? I mean, dramatically. I mean, in ways beyond what we've seen in our lifetimes for good changed for good. If Christians began to live like Christians in large numbers, if large percentages of believers really began to follow the words of Jesus and the teachings of the Bible, starting with our own lives, our own families, our own congregations, and then we voted in responsible ways, not just the way we've always voted, not, not just because this is what our tradition is, that we vote Democrat or we vote Republican, but really looked into the issues, saw what was important in God's sight, and voted accordingly. If we did that, America would be rocked, turned, and, and many of our neighbors would get born again because we're sharing the gospel with them. That's, that's our method. <laughs> that's the way to bring about change. We'll be right back. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome back, friends, to the Line of Fire. Have you downloaded our app yet? Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, A-S-K-D-R Brown Ministries. That's the name on Apple and Android also. There was an old Ask Dr. Brown app on Android that's not the one you want. You want Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, A-S-K-D-R Brown Ministries. Here's what you do. When you download it, all right, just takes a few seconds, then you get on your phone, scroll down on the app. Don't click on anything. Just get in the app, scroll down, and you'll see Consider This, all right? When you see Consider This, click on it, and you'll see, I think it's 11 videos we did, kind of the spirit of the PragerU videos five minutes, one is six minutes, but otherwise five minutes long, concentrated teaching, animated, so really easy to watch, great to show in your church as pastor, great to show, great to view together at a home Bible study, great to show to your friends, hey, why do you believe, can you be gay and Christian, what does the Bible say? Hey, watch this video, it's just six minutes long. One of the videos is why don't more pastors speak out? We played it on the air a few weeks ago. That's a must to watch. 
And it's not a calling for pastors to be political, but to be biblical, to deal with pressing issues because they are in your churches. I was told by, by a, well, a pastor's friend who's also a pastor said this to the pastor. The pastor then shared it with me. He was talking about certain churches, and even though the values of the people are conservative, they, they vote to the left. They vote Democrat. And he was saying that even though people would say that abortion is wrong, you're not allowed to talk about it in the church. Why? Because the, the church is largely female, to a specific group, is largely female, and maybe 25 to 30% of the women have had abortions themselves, and therefore it's taboo. You can't bring it up. Well, that's the very place you need to bring it up to bring healing and restoration to those women who still have pain. That's the very place you need to talk about it. And, and it's not to stir up controversy. It's to bring health and life and then to have a culture of life where the tide turns and where mothers know, uh, uh, expecting mothers, that there, there is an alternative. There is a better way. I, I've talked to pastors and said, forget political issues, forget the culture wars. When it comes to LGBT issues, it's folks in your church, it's kids in your church, it's parents, it's families, everybody's dealing with this. How do we deal with it? What's God's word? What does it say? I had a pastor tell me he loved one of my books, and I said, oh, great, you want to write an endorsement for it? He goes, no, I can't, because you mentioned gay issues in it, and I can't be associated with that. I'm thinking, well, how, how in the world can this be? You minister to thousands of people. God knows maybe tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. You minister to lots of people. And you can't be associated with a compassionate treatment of, of gay issues because you can't be known for what? What is that? So, so dealing with issues, dealing with, with actual tangible issues, not just rhetoric about politics, not Republican versus Democrat or left versus right, but what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? <clears throat> There's another video. It's called, Is It Too Late for America? So again, it's on the app, Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, ASK Dear Brown Ministries. You just scroll down. You see Real Messiah. That's our Jewish website, uh, Jewish outreach website. Talks with scholars. We, we hope to add a bunch of videos to that. Uh, just all kinds of different subject matter. But you look at, consider this, the videos. There's one called, Is It Too Late for America? That's the only one that's been viewed more than a million times. There's an interesting story behind that. When we were given some money to develop the first few videos, we had some money to develop the video, so to put it together, to animate it, right? it's, it's a costly process. And then from there, to spend just a little bit of advertising on YouTube to make sure that it got viewed like 100,000 times or more, just to get it out. That, so that was what the funding was for. Just a little bit for advertising and then the rest for the production of the video, the animation. And you'll see they're really well done. Well, we do the same with Is It Too Late for America? I remember I'm sitting at an airport ready for one of my flights, story of my life. And I look at my cell phone, just curious. I wonder what's happening with that video. What? In front of my eyes, it goes 100,000, 200,000, 300,000. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Now, if we had millions and millions and millions of subscribers on our channel, and all of our videos got hundreds of thousands of views, then it, it might blow up like that. Or if we had some kind of large, I don't know what in the world it would cost, some kind of large advertising budget to pay for that, and, and 
boost it like that. I don't even know if it makes sense if it really helps getting real views in terms of long-term views and things like that. But either way, that would have been one thing. But at that point, I don't even know if we had 100,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. I don't, I don't even think it was there at that point. And we only invested a little money, just enough to make sure instead of getting you know, 20,000, 30,000 views that it got over 100,000 views just to get it out so people would know about it. It takes off. It ends up being viewed more than a million times. That doesn't, when you see that, it doesn't mean people have watched the whole thing. It means that that many different times it's been viewed. It could be just part of the video. But I thought, what in the world happened? I talked to my producer. I said, what did we do? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. It's like someone pushed a button. It took off. Well, I stepped back and I thought about it. And I thought, you know, I believe there's a message here from God that God pushed the button, right? Because, again, we dealt with the same people, YouTube, Google, each time. We spent the same amount of money. We did the same thing. You put keywords in. You know, those that are familiar with all this know it better than I do. We did the same thing. And, and what happened? Maybe on its own, 10, 20, 30,000 views with a little boosting, maybe 75, 100,000 views, a little bit over. Those that, that had more traction would get to 150,000, 200,000, whatever, just on their own. Once the word got out, people began to see them. But this one, over a million views, and it happened just right in front of our eyes. I was stunned. And I stepped back and I said, I, I believe the Lord is sending a message. It's not too late for America. I believe God was giving his amen to that message. It's not too late for America. And I know we're always talking like the sky is falling. And I know every time these are the most important elections in our lifetime, it may stay like that until Jesus comes and each one's more important than the next. But it's not the end of the world. Please hear me. The elections are important, but no matter who has majority, if it shifts to a Republican majority, if it goes all the way to a Democrat majority, so you've got the White House and both houses of, of Congress, Democrat. Whichever way it goes, it's not the end of the world, and it's not the end of America. And it could well be that things have to get worse before they get better. But as surely as I'm sitting here, with all my heart, I am filled with expectation. And sometimes the worst of times in the world are the best of times for the church. Sometimes when things really get bad and ugly and the society is being shaken and all the things we normally put our trust in, we can't anymore. That's often when revival comes because we pray with desperation. You know, just think, if we were living in the days of Nero and Caligula as emperors of Rome and we have no vote and Christians are being persecuted in the most extreme ways and dying the most brutal deaths and being tortured for their faith, you're not looking to the government to, to help you. You get a hostile government. You're only looking one way. That's up. Oh, God. If you don't help, if you don't intervene, it's over. Do I believe in what I wrote, my book from October last year, Revival or We Die? Yes, it is that urgent. But I truly believe that God's stirring hearts. And all around America, as I've talked about, thousands of fires, holy fires burning. All around America, there are churches that are really going after God. There are people that are praying more than they've prayed before. There are worship services where God's moving deeply. There are people getting radically born again, baptized, on fire for Jesus. Young people, young people being dramatically touched. I'm, I'm seeing it in front of my eyes. I'm not just imagining it or even hearing the reports. I'm seeing it in front of my eyes. And I believe, friends, if we will really lift up the Lord now, 
if we will really passionately pursue him, if, really, if we'll go after him heart and soul and mind and strength and not play games, if we'll get serious, as Leonard Ravenhill used to say, about the most serious thing, if, if we'll do this, I believe the floodgates of heaven will be open and, and we'll see people coming to Jesus left and right. People are hurting, people are lonely, people are scared, people are angry. There's massive mistrust. The fear is just palpable. We can rise up with a gospel message and be better known as followers of Jesus than followers of a particular candidate or political party. And if we'll put all our eggs in God's basket, yes, vote and be responsible in terms of our hope or expectation, all of it is in God, not in the party, not in the candidate, not even in our government system, not in America. We could see the greatest outpouring America's ever seen. Would you say that perhaps this is the worst America's been? Well, we've had other horrible times in our history, have we not? And we've had slavery as a long part of our history. We've had mistreatment of Native Americans as a long part of our history. We've had segregation as a long part of our history. We've had other things as a, as a long part of our history. But in many ways, we are at a, a spiritually and, and morally lower level than I have seen in my lifetime. And, and more anti-God sentiments and, and anti-biblical sentiments that I've seen in my lifetime. What? A great time for awakening. And I'm speaking to you, friends, as a witness, not just hype, not just to give you some upbeat sermon because you know I'm utterly realistic and I spent the bulk of this broadcast warning, warning, warning about the dangers of our rhetoric and things could get out of hand in very nasty ways and they don't need to because we have better, better means at our hands. But I'm standing here as a witness who's seen real outpouring, who's seen revival. It's not too late for America. Let's seek him like we never saw him before. Back with you tomorrow on Election Day. Another program powered by the Truth Network.